Hey, everybody. What are the four legislative priorities for Speaker Johnson? We have been awfully spicy towards Speaker Johnson, but it's time to make the past the past and cheer him on and encourage him. Four major legislative priorities ahead for Speaker Johnson. We detail them and we put together a plan. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. That is freedom at charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. You just go back a couple weeks ago, you will find plenty of episodes on the Charlie Kirk Show podcast page. Many of you probably remember been awfully spicy towards Speaker Johnson, and honestly, he deserved it. He never should have capitulated in the fall. He never should have surrendered in December, kicked the ball on 702, kind of the shaky knee syndrome. In the last couple of weeks, we're starting to see some signs of life. Is it possible that Speaker Johnson is getting his sea legs? Now, whether that's true or not, we'll see. But we need Speaker Johnson. You got to play with the team that you have. And the team that we have right now is showing some signs that they want to fight. We have to become Speaker Johnson's biggest cheerleader. Now, he's disappointed us on plenty of things. But there are three, if not four, major legislative items that are ahead of Speaker Johnson in the next 60 days. And we cannot afford to lose all four. The first, of course, is the border. The border remains wide open. Nothing has been done on the border. However, I will say to Speaker Johnson's credit, Alejandro Mayorkas, the traitor to the United States, who should go to Gitmo for what he has done to this country, has now impeached. First cabinet secretary impeached in quite some time. That's a victory for Speaker Johnson. The ability to get all those moderate Republicans to impeach Mayorkas. Now it's possible the Senate doesn't even do a trial. I bet Chuck Schumer just goes straight to an acquittal vote. But still, it was the right move to do. It was the right thing to do. It failed last week. Speaker Johnson got his math together. Now, last evening we saw, and we're going to cover this later in the hour, how stupid House Republicans can be. Speaker Johnson voted correctly on this when they just kicked out George Santos. Well, we lost a seat last night. We're going to talk about how and why that happened. So the first is the border. The second of which is we have this CR expiring on March 1st. That's right. Remember, we pounded the table and we pounded the table. Just remember to go back and how this happened. In the fall, they punted to November. And in November, they punted to January. And in January, they punted to March. Well, in two weeks, everybody, it's March. Are they going to do another continuing resolution? 
Is it time to shut down the government? Is it time to draw a line in the sand? That's number two. Number three is the Ukraine funding fight. Speaker Johnson has been saying the right thing here. We went into great detail yesterday how a majority of Republican senators said, nope, we're not going to do this. We are not going to fund Ukraine. We're not going to continue the bloodbath and the slaughter while our own country is collapsing. We're done. Speaker Johnson has been talking a good game in this regard. Play cut 69, please. National security begins with border security. We have said that all along. That's, that has been my comment since late October. It is my comment today. That's a lot different than how Paul Ryan would have answered. Understand this. If you had Paul Ryan or John Boehner, this bill would have already been on the floor and Ukraine would have already received their funding. Just the fact that we're getting a pause is a very positive sign from Speaker Johnson. So that's the third fight. And the fourth fight, which is getting almost no coverage, but we can't forget this because it ties in this bombshell story from John Brennan, who's a traitor to the United States as well. And I don't use that word traitor lightly. It just so happens we have a lot of them in our government. Where they spied on Trump and 26 Trump allies. It's an extraordinary story. And it it involves this FISA and 702 reauthorization. That is coming up in the spring. So for all of you keeping score at home, Speaker Johnson has a historic, monumental opportunity in front of him with the narrowest House majority in recent memory. Let's go through the list. It is the border. It is the CRs. It is Ukraine and foreign funding. And it is 702. Now, let's make sure we manage expectations. It'll be nearly impossible to win all four of those fights. So we have to prioritize. What does success look like? Remember, you got Chuck U. Schumer and you have Joe Biden, but you still have leverage. They still need you. And at this point, again, I was uh, awfully spicy towards Speaker Johnson because he deserved it. But now I'm looking around. I'm seeing a guy who impeached Mayorkas. I see a guy who's talking a good game. And let's start to support him, pray for him, and say, hey, Speaker Johnson, lead us into victory here. What does victory look like? Well, let's start with the border. We have to get some sort of not an immigration deal, but a border deal. Senator Murphy, the CIA senator from the state of Connecticut, he's on an outrage tour. He tweeted out last evening, I'm on an outrage tour telling the people of Connecticut. Okay, first of all, it takes like 25 minutes to drive across Connecticut. So the idea that you're on tour... Like maybe if you were a senator from California, but I mean, let's let's calm down, pal. I'm on tour. Okay, you're, there's not not exactly that difficult. If you're from Florida, you could be on tour. Senator Murphy says he's outraged that Republicans killed the border deal. It was not a border deal. It was an immigration amnesty bill disguised as a border deal. Fixing the flood at the border does not require some pseudo amnesty for the 10 million people already let in. It requires exactly one thing, saying stop and stopping it. So, Speaker Johnson, you're going to have to articulate what does success look like on the border. On the continuing resolution, we need spending cuts. Recent news says that we're going to hit $54 trillion in debt in a decade. We're going to hit that even quicker. We're going to hit that a lot quicker. We are a debtor nation. We are borrowing $1.5 trillion a year. Why? Are we at war 
sort of. We're at war with Russia and we don't want to acknowledge it. We're being invaded on our southern border. This is an unsustainable spending path that both parties are responsible for. We need to stop it immediately. It is generational theft. We need to be consistent and principled when it comes to how we are leveraging our nation's future when it comes to our reckless spending policies. And then the third is Ukraine. Now, there's a lot of warmongers and a lot of war hawks. If Speaker Johnson can maybe splice and dice, call the bluff. If I was Speaker Johnson, here's what I would do. And here's my advice to him. Introduce a new bill in the House of Representatives that is a clean Israel-only funding bill. Get that done. That is supported by the American people. That will put the Democrats on defense because they don't support that. Get that through and send it back to the Senate. And then you could do the Pacific Islander security package, which is also part of it. And then you got to do Taiwan, which I don't think is necessary. And by the way, no funding for Gaza. This is ridiculous that you're going to go fund the other side of the conflict so that Hamas can get safe harbor. No. The American people are vastly in support of funding and supporting Israel. They buy American weaponry and machinery. Fine. Get that done. Pass it through the House. Need offsets, by the way. You need offsets, cuts. So cut some of that COVID nonsense and cut all the trans training in the military. Do some offsets. Send it to the Senate. So what we have here is four major legislative battles. Four of them. And the slimmest House majority, I think, in the last hundred years, I don't think that either Republicans or Democrats have been dealing with a House majority this slim. We cannot afford to go 0 for 4. If we go 1 for 4, it'll be disappointing, but at least we have a win. But we have to be very clear of these four major legislative fights in front of us. Which are the ones that are the most likely to win? Which are the ones that we can actually work with Democrats on? This is where Speaker Johnson can get awfully creative. He can outmaneuver the Democrats. On two of these issues, he actually has Democrats that will work with him. On 702, I would dispatch a delegation to go after AOC and Rashida Tlaib and Elon Omar, who happen to be very anti-702 for their own civil liberty concerns, and to try to build a coalition to reform 702. On the foreign aid stuff, they tend to not, they, the Democrats are against the foreign aid package as it is. So work on that. On the CR and the border, you're not going to get a lot of help from Democrats, but you might be get help from moderate Democrats. Got to game this all out. The pressure is on. And Speaker Johnson is our fighter, whether we like it or not. Are you ready to lose weight, but not sure where to start? I understand. I was right where you are two years ago. Let me tell you why I chose the PhD weight loss and nutrition program. First, Dr. Ashley Lucas has her PhD in chronic disease and sports nutrition. Her program is based on years of research and is science-based. Second, the PhD program starts in nutrition. There is so much more. They know that 90% of permanent change comes from the mind, and they work on eliminating the reason you gain this weight in the first place. There's no shortcuts, pills, or injections, just solid science-based nutrition and behavior change. And finally, a probably most importantly, I lost 30 pounds. Look, they're amazing. If you want to lose weight, you got to go to myphdweightloss.com. I was just texting with Dr. Ashley Lucas today. If you're ready to lose weight for the last time, call 864-644-1900. Go online at myphdweightloss.com. Do what I did and what hundreds of my listeners have done and call today, 864-644-1900. I recommend their program. Dr. Ashley Lucas has her PhD in chronic disease and sports nutrition. Her program is based on years of research and is science-based. Second, the PhD program starts in nutrition, but it's so much more. Go to myphdweightloss.com, myphdweightloss.com. Call 864-644-1900. I lost over 30 pounds. Dr. Ashley Lucas, great American. Check it out, myphdweightloss.com. 
So there are four major legislative fights, as we've said, and I want to just emphasize we have made progress on one of them. The impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas, it took too long, should have happened months ago, but it plays offense. Now, all of a sudden, they're worrying in the Senate. They have to distract themselves over defending what's happening on the border is excellent. Now, whether or not it's going to if it results in a trial, that will be a major victory. Now, the Senate will probably end up acquitting him, almost certainly, but it will be a major PR opportunity for us to make the case to the American people, for us nonstop. And by the way, the way these impeachment trials, if Schumer actually ends up going for a trial, which I can't imagine that he would, but there might be some technical reason. Maybe he can't get 60 votes to do that. I think you might need to get to 60 to go straight to a vote. Not exactly sure. Mitch McConnell bypassed the trial, if I'm not mistaken, on the second Trump impeachment. However, the border issue is such a losing issue that Speaker Johnson getting with that slim majority Mayorkas impeachment through the House is a victory. By the way, if we had more votes and we had more time in November and December, we should have impeached basically the whole cabinet. We should have impeached Cardona, Merrick Garland, all the way through in these pack of criminals of what they've been doing to this country. Now the Ukraine thing. The Ukraine thing is fascinating to me. It's fascinating because it shows the power of you, the power of this audience. It shows how things actually change and can change. It shows how making arguments, being persuasive, exposing the uniparty, being relentless, quite honestly, the power of social media, the Democrats, and I will get into this at some point. I keep on teasing it. The Democrats are the war party. And there is a chance. I'm not going to make any major broad, you know, proclamations. But if you're looking carefully on the Real Clear Politics average, and Real Clear Politics does a great job, if you look at the Real Clear Politics average, this pesky RFK guy keeps on getting 12 to 14 percent in battleground state polls. And I am more and more convinced that he's pulling from Democrats more than Republicans. And I said the opposite six months ago. I think one of the reasons is that younger Democrats are upset and fatigued and ticked off. The Democrats have become the war party, the corporate party, and they're just grasping for any sort of alternative. So just think about that. I think that the Democrats, there's a, there's a chance that this November RFK gets on the debate stage. I want to say that again. There's a chance that RFK gets, if there is a debate, if there ends up being a debate, he might get on the debate stage. And I think it's going to hurt Democrats more than Republicans. By the way, you see a lot of anti-Kennedy chatter from the Democrat ruling class. Super Bowl ad made them go nuts. They went from ignoring RFK the last couple months to all of a sudden the knives are out for RFK. It's fascinating. Again, this is all guesswork. It is guesswork. Because six months ago, and I believe it was true six months ago. At the time, six months ago, in the middle of a Republican primary, I think RFK was hurting Trump more than Biden. I'm not so sure that's the case. And I think one of the reasons is the war funding issue. Democrats are all on board for financing foreign wars, for the relentless slaughter of civilians, for destroying peace. This used to be the, the base position of the Democrat Party. And the only senator who decided to vote against it, because he actually understands his base, and he's a true believer in this, is Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders voted against the foreign aid bill because I think in some ways he wants to just show the base, you know, one of us is still with you, but Elizabeth Warren and Cory Cory Booker and all these others lockstep into war financing. 
So I think that there's some opportunity. I think there's some opportunity for Speaker Johnson on the border issue. You have to make it simple and clear. You passed H.R. 2. You have to try to put the Democrats on defense on that particular issue. That's going to be tough. That's going to be the, Schumer doesn't want to move on that because he's oh, we already passed a border bill. It was an immigration amnesty bill. The continuing resolution is interesting. We have to entertain a government shutdown. And this is what makes me a little bit upset with Speaker Johnson. At the same time, I'm trying to renew my aura. I'm trying to say he's our fighter. Let's cheer him on. But one of the reasons why I have a little bit of spicy Tabasco attitude towards Speaker Johnson is because we're barreling towards a shutdown that should have been done last year. It's almost as if you prolonged the inevitable. I'm actually not excited about shutting down the government in the midst of an election year. That's why I wanted to do the lockdown, the shutdown, not the lockdown, the shutdown in the previous year. Anyway, we have to entertain a government shutdown. And then we have to talk openly about the FISA reauthorization. And that, and I will talk about this CIA story because it's remarkable and it ties directly into the overreaching powers of the Central Intelligence Agency, the FBI, Department of Homeland Security. We have an opportunity to win a little on every one of the four major legislative fights. Surrender is not an option. Hi, I'm Adriana, a politics major at Hillsdale College. Here's Hillsdale President Dr. Larry Arndt with a Constitution Minute. America's founders recognized an obvious fact of life. Human beings differ in terms of physical attributes and talents. Because of this, some people will be better at some things than they are at others. But they also recognized that the tall and the short among us, the swift and the slow among us, are still human beings if we are recognizable as human beings. And therefore, we are equal in terms of the rights that pertain to human beings, rights attached to human nature rights that come from God. The Declaration of Independence names three of the big ones, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Exercising these rights is necessary if we are to be truly free. In our own time, many influential people believe that only government can decide what our rights should be. This is dangerous. Understanding our rights and how the Constitution protects them is vital to our freedom. To learn more and get a free pocket Constitution, visit constitutionminute.com. All right, so last evening, Michael Schellenberger came out with a bombshell story. We knew some of this. We suspected some of it. There are some amazing details. And it is directly connected, by the way, with this looming 702 fight. So Speaker Johnson, one, two, three, four, boom, boom, boom. Border Ukraine, CR FISA. Border Ukraine, CR FISA. He has to list them, put it on the board, prioritize, communicate all four. In fact, if I was Speaker Johnson, I would do a press conference and I would go through all four. We have a fight on the border. We just got Mayorkas done, a little partial win. We got the Ukraine thing. Here's what we're going to do. By the way, they're talking about a discharge petition, which is effectively a way that they can get the vote without involving the speaker. We'll talk about that too. CR, very important. We need spending cuts. We need spending cuts. And then finally, FISA. Let's talk about FISA. So FISA, of course, is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. It was a post-9-11 George W. Bush, Dick Cheney charmer that allows the intel agencies to spy on Americans or people as close to Americans illegally. And John Brennan was one of the most enthusiastic adopters of this. Michael Schellenberger, who's one of the guys that Elon Musk had looked through the Twitter files, has a new report from the subscribers-only Substack Public that has bombshell allegations against the CIA. 
quote, multiple credible sources tell public and racket that the United States intelligence community, uh, including the Central Intelligence Agency, illegally mobilized foreign intelligence agencies to target Trump advisors long until the summer of 2016. Until now, the official story was that the FBI started investigating the Trump campaign because Australian intelligence officials told them a Trump aide, George Papadopoulos, had bragged to an Australian diplomat about Russia having dirt on Hillary Clinton. If that hadn't happened, the whole collusion hunt would never have happened, the story goes. But Schellenberger says that's not true. According to sources close to the House Intelligence Committee, he says, it was actually the Obama-era intelligence community that asked U.S. allies to start spying on 26 different members of the Trump campaign. Quote, a source confirmed that the intelligence community had, quote, identified them as people to bump or make contact with or manipulate. They were targets of our own intelligence community and law enforcement targets for collection and misinformation. Now, the story gets super interesting. In fact, this was leaked and was suggested by certain people at the time. It just seemed too outrageous to be true. Listen carefully. According to Schellenberger, President Trump's aides, such as Cash Patel and Rick Grinnell, I'm just speculating, but these, these would be the type of very loyal, good people that would do this, compiled a 10-inch binder exposing some of the raw intelligence of what the CIA had done to his campaign. Apparently, he tried to have this binder declassified at the end of his presidency, but the CIA actively blocked this from happening. Where was the binder? According to Schellenberger, Donald Trump took the binder to Mar-a-Lago. According to Schellenberger, the purpose of the raid was to, of course, indict Trump, but was to get the documents back. I remember hearing this when people said, this is about the evidence associated with Russiagate. And we kind of laughed at, some people laughed it off. I thought it was interesting. I said, I need more evidence, but I totally believe it. According to Schellenberger, is that this binder was so incriminating to the Central Intelligence Agency that they raided Donald Trump's home to get their hands on it. Now, remember, these people will spy on you illegally unless they're stopped. They will collude with foreign countries to maintain their power. They will commit treason and they will say it's for your own good. And they'll do it because they keep getting away with it. Congress has the power to stop this. But unfortunately, cowards in the Republican Party will never let it happen unless we draw a line in the sand. Now, remember, the government likely shot and killed JFK. The government has been involved in multiple decades of cover-ups of our own government poisoning the American people. Just look at MK Ultra programs and domestic spying and abuse. Look at how our own government got involved in blocking a peace deal in Istanbul with Boris Johnson, Tony Blinken, directed by the Joe Biden regime that has now resulted in hundreds of thousands of people being massacred. Look at how our government lied about the vaccine being safe and effective, the mRNA gene-altering shot, how people were discharged from the military because they did not want to take the mRNA gene-altering shot. The 702 fight in front of Speaker Johnson is one of the most important. It is one of the most significant legislative fights that Speaker Johnson has in front of him. Border Ukraine, CR FISA. And the FISA one is the one that in a very bizarre and unexpected way is where you could really make the most impact. Why? 
in the House more so than the Senate, those crazy radical left-wingers that we agree on nothing, they don't like FISA because they argue that BLM and Islamists are being illegally spied on by the FBI. They might be right, by the way. Understand that the regime needs to quell insurgency forces on both sides of the political aisle. They did this to the Black Panthers. They've done this to radical socialist groups in the 60s and 70s and 80s, which is why Bernie Sanders and AOC tend to be against FISA 702, because in the folklore and in the mythology of the American socialist movement was we would have been successful if it wasn't for the FBI. You ask any like old, go to Eugene, Oregon and find some sort of like 70 year old pot smoking, acid taking, like socialist who is part of like weather underground. Why was it that the socialist movement didn't catch fire in the 70s? It was the FBI. The FBI infiltrated our group and we had it all and they blew it up. They're not totally wrong, by the way. J. Edgar Hoover did some awfully suspicious, terrible things to radical left-wing groups. Understand that the regime wants invade the world, invite the world, mass migration, destabilization. They want a one-worldness type government. And there are two insurgency forces, one that is a huge threat to the country, the Marxist one, the populist nationalist one, which would revive us. And they're trying to quell both of them simultaneously. They're trying to quell both of those insurgency movements simultaneously. And in a kind of perplexing, albeit real way, we can become partners with AOC and Rashida Tlaib and Elon Omar. And you might say, but Charlie, their intentions are wrong. This is where intentions mean nothing. I don't care what Rashida Tlaib's intentions are. Again, Elon Omar should be deported and sent back to Somalia. We know that, okay? That's not the point. The point is, can we stop and reform 702? And the answer is, we could actually put up a pretty interesting bipartisan fight against this thing. And it is necessary. 702, if it's allowed to continue, I will bet the farm on this. 702 is currently being used against this Trump campaign. By the way, how much do you want to wager that Tucker Carlson is being spied on right now? He's doing his tour across the world, which I just love. He's, he, is, he is in great form. What he said in Abu Dhabi, the World Government Summit. Well, he's abroad, which means he's probably communicating with foreign nationals, which gives the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act a mandate to spy on Tucker Carlson's device. That it gives other... By the way, all it takes is for him to go to Abu Dhabi and the Australian government can spy on Tucker, and then they just share the data with the Americans. It's just one step removed. We need to reform 702 if we're going to be a free society, and if we want our movement to have any chance of surviving. You cannot have a successful political movement and have the opposition be able to read your text messages and be able to have a seat at the table during your private briefings. It's impossible. That's what 702 allows them to do. The FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, they always say, well, it keeps the country safe and it prevents terrorist attacks. Then get a warrant. That's the issue. The warrantless aspect is the issue. I inherently don't, dist- I inherently don't trust the intelligence community. And this latest story from Schellenberger only reinforces it. And it all, all roads used to lead to Rome. All roads lead to Speaker Johnson right now.
All roads go to Speaker Johnson. And we need to cheer him on. We need to encourage him. We need to give him a hero's welcome if he is able to hold the line on these four issues. And these are civilizational defining issues. Border Ukraine, CR FISA. Woo. I don't envy him. You're talking about taking on the cartels, taking on the war industrial machine, the big government oligopoly, and the intelligence community. Those are some big fights, everybody. That's why we need all of you in active gear. We're going to tell you what you can do. The world is in flames, and Bidenomics is a complete and total disaster. But it can't and won't ruin my day. Why? Because I start my day with a hot America First cup of blackout coffee. The, the, it's 100% America and 0% grift. Blackout coffee is 100% committed to conservative values. From sourcing the beans to the roasting process, customer support, and shipping, they embody true American values and accept no compromise on taste or quality. Look, you got to check out right now blackoutcoffee.com slash charlie or use coupon code charlie for 20% off your first order. That is blackoutcoffee.com slash charlie. Be awake, not woke. That's blackoutcoffee.com slash charlie. Check it out. Promo code charlie. So we have to focus on this. Last night, there was a special election and it did not go well for Republicans. Did not go well. The RNC is, I mean, it's basically in this like regime change form. Looks like we're going to get some some new leadership there. Laura Trump is going to be going there and hopefully we're going to get some. And Chris LaCivita, who's excellent, by the way, he's a smart guy, military guy, very strong from the Trump campaign. He's going to be moving over to the RNC. I really like what's happening there. I like the the movement. I like the development. And we're going to be keeping our eyes on that, of course. And, you know, we're very honest about it, but we're starting to see some changes. It's taken a little bit too long, but it's, you know, I have to wait till after South Carolina. Like, okay, every day is is a lifetime in politics right now, every single day. And New York is just another, it's, a, it's an example. It's just, it's just a reminder what happened yesterday. And so, look, you got to take this with a heavy grain of salt. I don't want you to get demoralized, but it's not a great outcome. Number one, the candidate that was running is this former Democrat, not exactly a true conservative. And understand the rules of politics have changed. Special elections now favor Democrats because of mass mail-in voting, mass early voting, ballot harvesting, and ballots going in every direction. They have the machinery, they have the technology, they have the soft party infrastructure, and they picked up a seat, but it's a seat that never should have been up. And so for these Republicans that, can we get the list of the Republicans again that voted to expel Santos? I, I, ju- I just can't quite grasp the, I'm struggling to find a word that isn't like what a first grader would say, but I can't quite grasp how, Stupid. I, I just have to use that word. I'm sorry. Of the 105 Republicans that voted to expel Santos, I'm not a fan of Santos. This guy obviously has got some problems. He's got legal problems. He's doing all sorts of weird selfie videos. This guy's all over the place. Okay. So why don't you just let him stay there for another year? He's not running again. And you have an extra vote. By the way, George Santos's voting record because we score all the votes at Turning Point Action, tpaction.com, was better than most Republicans. He voted great. He voted like Andy Biggs, and he's this clown. He's a clown. So then just ignore him and say, okay, backbencher, go vote the right way. But instead, you have this long list of self-righteous Republicans. Let me say it again. Self-righteous Republicans who said, today I show up, to shrink the House majority. I think that's the buried lead here. The, the, 
the story that, oh, you know, this is another negative special. We Hold on a second. We didn't, at the time that we had to draft candidates, we didn't really have a speaker. Our funding is way down. We don't have an RNC. It was almost an inevitability we were going to lose this race last night. Okay. We're not doing well in special elections. We're trying to fix that. We're trying to change that. We're hopefully we're going to be able to turn that corner. Help is on the way, but time out here. The buried lead is why did we have this election at all? Did someone get hit by a bus? Did someone just drop dead and we have to have a special election? Does, no, does someone resign? Well, that's what's happening with McCarthy's seat. That seat should be fine. No. We decide House Republicans engaged in the bizarre, perplexing action of political self-mutilation. Why? And I'm looking at this list of 105 Republicans. Max Miller from Ohio. Give me a break. That guy's been a big disappointment. Ryan Zinke from Montana. I'm just going back to this list because it made you guys feel good. Like we're going to mutilate our own majority. Just let the clowns serve out another year. What are you doing? And by the way, we had to spend millions of dollars and now in this failure of a race that could have been directed to other races, you're basically forcing the hand and giving Hakeem Jeffries a gift. And I will be very clear. I've never defended Santos except his voting record. I don't like his behavior. I don't like his lying. I don't like his deception. He's going to have to face a jury of his peers if he hasn't already admitted guilt or at least done a plea deal. Okay. But what are you, what is the rationale? Like Dan Crenshaw voted to get rid of him. Duarte, James Comer from Kentucky, Don Bacon from Nebraska. So now you're sitting in a House Republican conference. Do you feel good, guys, that you did this? You 105 Republicans? We expelled Santos because our standards are so high. Meanwhile, Elon Omar is talking about serving foreign countries. You got Eric Swalwell sleeping with Chinese spies. You got Rashida Tlaib that refuses to denounce Hamas. And you guys mutilate your own majority. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.